one joy of being Dean and President of Virginia Theological Seminary for now a decade is the excitement I always view academic convocation, the return of our alums back to this seminary and a chance to see afresh the impact this institution is having on so many lives around this country, indeed around the globe. Ten years ago, they were all strangers, and I was introducing myself a decade later. You're all very much my friends, and it really is lovely to see you back home, and we trust and hope you always feel that this seminary is indeed home to you. So forgive me, I think the lowest form of humour is the pun, but we're going to start with a few puns. <laughs> So I'm sure you've heard many of these before. All the counters, they never die, they just lose their balance. <laughs> they get much worse. All the medical colleges never die, they just become history. <laughs> okay, this is my favorite. All dairy farmers never die, they just go to the other place. And, of course, it was actually Stephen Fry, the English comedian, who is credited with the line for the Academy, old professors never die, they just lose their faculties. <laughs> Today, we're celebrating a professor of English, a member of the Academic Guild, a life which was at the front lines of social justice. Vida Dutton Scudder is a professor of English who committed herself to a life of social engagement for social justice. She was able to see, as exhorted by Matthew chapter 25, where Christ was she could see Christ in the face of the poor, and she made it her life's work to serve Christ in the poor. There is a heaviness on the campus of Virginia Theological Seminary this semester. A student reported to the Dean's table, where the student government and the administration meet once a week. It's a heaviness because we're all conscious of the extraordinary season that we're living through. A mass shooting in Las Vegas, 58 dead, 500 injured, countless people living with loss. A hurricane in Puerto Rico, leaving some dead, many without homes and electricity many liable to infections, scared about the future. Florida and Texas are still in that hard and difficult stage of rebuilding. And even yesterday, wildfires in California take 10 lives and wreak havoc. Human lives are taken. Other lives are clinging on coping with dramatically changed circumstances. 
the power of this parable in this gospel is the identification of Christ with those in need. It is set as a parable about judgment. In so doing, it's an invitation to recognize that this isn't trivial, this isn't minor, but this is central, vital, and supremely important. Indeed, for Matthew, eternal destiny depends on learning the lesson of this parable. And what is that lesson? Well, first, it is a lesson of comfort. When we puzzle how God could allow people to suffer so much, we are reminded afresh that God is right there in the midst of that suffering. It was Godfrey Rust, the poet, who asked the question, where was God on September the 11th? And he answers rightly, he was begging in old clothes in the subway beneath the World Trade Center. He was homeless in Gaza, imprisoned in Afghanistan, starving in Somalia, dying of AIDS in an Angolan slum, suffering everywhere in this vast, shrinking world. Part of our theodicy is the simple recognition that God is not distant, is not remote, is not separated from the pain and anguish of the mass shootings, the hurricanes, and the wildfires, but there, right in the midst. From this, we can and should take comfort. But there is a second harder lesson embedded in this parable. We have an inescapable obligation to serve Christ in those that are hurting. We need to bring the equipment of faith witnessed to in this institution to the tragedy in Las Vegas and to the pain of Puerto Rico. We need to pray intentionally and hard. We need to support with our gifts. We need to be ready and willing to be present. We need to, as modeled by Vida Dutton Scudder, be ready to fight on behalf of the poor and the exploited. Godfrey Rust finishes his poem talking about our equipment for the war on behalf of the Christ in the oppressed. They're not the conventional weapons of force and power and manipulation. Instead, Rust explains, we line our weapons up. Faith, hope, obedience, prayer, forgiveness, Justice, the explosive power of love. 
rust is right. We take our faith and see a narrative, a divine intention which redeems all things. We take our hope which is never satisfied with the status quo and always sees the possibility of change. We commit to obedience to be ourselves an agent of change. We use prayer as a resource that commits us to the cosmic energy of God. We see forgiveness as a way of handling opposition and resisting the futile cycle of violence, hatred, and revenge. We believe in justice. When this world is exploitative, we name that and work hard to change that. And we believe in the explosive power of love, a love which overcomes all and always, ultimately, triumphs. So, we line our weapons up Faith, hope, obedience, prayer, forgiveness, justice, the explosive power of love. Amen.